0: You're listening to the Unveiling Mormonism podcast from PursueGod.org. Join us every Monday as we pull back the curtain on Mormon history, culture, and doctrine. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org forward slash Mormonism. Okay, Bo and KD, today's kind of a big day because we're in topic seven in the pursuit. We're going to talk about everything that people with a Mormon background need to know about baptism. And the reason it's cool is because the, at the time of this recording, tonight, it's we're recording on a Sunday night, we're releasing this podcast on a Monday morning, but you guys got baptized this morning. And how cool is that? So maybe let's start with this. Before we get into what baptism is, what it isn't, how Mormons view it, how the Bible, what the Bible teaches about it, I just think it'd be kind of cool to hear your experience. What was it like? Maybe try to explain it from a, maybe from a Mormon background, like explain it to somebody, maybe even some of the friends and family that you had there at your baptism, some of the questions they were even asking about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. We, we had so much fun today. Uh, so I I guess to, to explain it to someone with a Mormon background, uh, it's a little bit different in that it, the baptism occurs during the worship service. So for, Uh, and we'll get into this obviously today, but for, for Mormons, baptism typically occurs separate from, well, always occurs separate from the worship service. usually in a baptismal font, which is somewhere in the stake center and which is a, a Mormon chapel. Um, and, uh, and it's its own meeting, basically it's its own service. So family and friends will be invited. It'll be what, not a closed door service. But it's not it's not open to the entire congregation. I guess is what I would say, right? So for us to to get baptized in front of the whole congregation was a, 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 a definitely a new thing for us, and I, I loved it. I thought it was a ton of fun.
0: Okay, wait, I have a question. This is maybe for our Christian listeners. I guess I didn't realize that. So so you don't do baptisms at a at a public service. You would invite family and friends, and would it, would it happen on a Sunday or just during the week or whatever?
1: Yeah, during the week, so they're typically on a Saturday. So usually, you'd go to the ward building on a Saturday, and you'd, you know, you'd, you'd be baptized, and then the next day, um, if you are a, and this is something else that the Mormon Church does, which is interesting. If you're a convert to the to the Mormon Church, then on Sunday you will be confirmed a member in front of the congregation. If you are a child being baptized at eight, then just after the baptismal service, your, you know, your dad or whoever will confirm you a member um, of the church right there on Saturday in front of your friends and family. So it's, it's a, a bit different. I don't know if that's a cultural thing or if it's in the church handbook, I'd have to look. I feel like it's in the church handbook as an encouragement, not as a rule, but that's, that's typically what it is. So yeah, you're right. Um, We, we, like when I was eight, I was baptized on a Saturday, with my friends and family, uh, but not in front of the con- in front of the congregation.
0: Okay, and you mentioned being confirmed. So this is so for Mormons, this is connected to membership in the in the Mormon Church. Is that right? Do I have that right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you become officially a member of the Mormon Church when you are baptized and then confirmed um, during the confirmation. You are confirmed a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, where where your your name is now on the records of the church, and that'll follow you wherever you move to. Right mm-hmm. that that record goes with you, so it'll go to your your new place of residence if you move cross country or whatever. Those records are going to go to that bishop over the area in which you live, and you will be assigned to go to the ward uh, of your of that new area. Right. So so it's not like you move and you go pick a church like the Mormon church assigns you where you go because you have a a, a membership record. Right. So when you're baptized and confirmed, yeah, you become a, officially a member of the church. Your names are on the record of the church. And during that confirmation is when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost.
0: hmm the confirmation on Sunday. So so you're yes. saying that baptism for for a convert, the baptism's on a Saturday and then confirmation I'm guessing that they'd have like people come up and lay hands on you and pray for you yeah, something right. like that. Okay. Yeah, that's
1: right. So you would you'd sit on a chair in front of the congregation and um the the brothers, the priesthood brothers in the in the ward would come up and put their right hand on your head and they would stand in a circle and um, confirm you, yeah.
0: Now, it's interesting, I wonder, what you were describing there, I wonder if some of that came from maybe the early days of Mormonism, because I I bet you churches in Joseph Smith's day did baptism probably like that, would be my guess. I'd, I'd have to look into this, but I bet you there was, and some churches probably do connect it to membership. We, we a lot, most Christian churches, non-denominational churches, don't do that but how you just described that sounded like maybe like an old school i don't know baptist church or something like that where you're actually on the rolls you're officially confirmed as a member and then when you move to another town and you're looking for a baptist church maybe again i'm kind of guessing here and there might be still some churches that do it like this but maybe it is a little bit more of a way to i don't know a way to track members Mm -hmm. across the country or something like that so That's interesting. Anyway, so while we're on the topic of membership, explain then, like, how would you answer, maybe you even had this question from someone today, like, so are you a member now of this church? Are you a Baptist now? I mean, what what kind of questions did you get and what kind of questions would you anticipate for this one?
2: Yeah, we um, did have some questions um, asked of us from our Mormon friends and family um, as to, you know, what like one of the questions we had was, well, what's the commitment with this baptism? And um, you know, for the LDS church, it's it's a commitment to it's a covenant with God, but it's also a commitment to the church to start paying tithing to um, be a member and, you know, s- serve basically. Um, but I, to explain to our Mormon, background friends and family, we said, well, the commitment is to Jesus. You know, the commitment is, it is a outward expression of the change that has occurred um, within us.
1: Yeah, there were a few questions we got. That was that was probably the main one. Uh, I think another one was like, well, are you joining a church specifically? Like, what denomination are you becoming a member of? Um, are Like, is this... Is this baptism saving you? Are you receiving salvation? Or like, are you being cleansed from sin? Like, what is this whole baptism thing? And what church are you joining? I think those were some of the main questions we got. Um, and then a couple people like, well, you've already been baptized, so why, why would you get baptized again if you've already been baptized as a member of the LDS Church?
0: Yeah, these are all really good questions, and let's make sure to come back to that one at the end, guys, because I think that's a great one to address. I think. You know, we we talked about this with you as we went through this topic a couple months back, and I want to make sure to address that. Should you get baptized in a Christian church if you were already baptized in a Mormon church? And we're, we're going to answer some of these other questions you just mentioned as well. We're going to get to all of that. Um, but I have a question for you in the meantime, again, for our Christian listeners. What about the physical experience of it? Was that similar? So you were... I would have, you know, we immersed you in water and I'm assuming that in the Mormon church, you're getting immersed in water as well. Was it, was it, was it baptistry similar? Like, how about, how about some of those details?
1: Yeah, the, you know, the, the water was warm and the font was, was deep. I think all that was pretty normal, right? The being baptized by immersion is a big deal in the Mormon church. And obviously that was the same practice here. And so that, that all felt very normal. Um, uh, a big difference, though, would be just what you wear. So in a Mormon church, it's like you wear all white. And the, sim- the symbolism of baptism, I think, is a bit different for Mormons because they believe that when you're baptized, your sins are washed away. Uh, and, and they believe that that is a saving ordinance. So there's a bit of a, a difference there. But in terms of just, yeah, baptism by immersion, the baptismal font, all, all that felt pretty pretty similar.
0: Okay, so hold on. let me Let me clarify that point. So you're saying doctrinally, when you were baptized as a Mormon, that that's the point where your sins are washed away. Yes.
2: Yeah. And you become, from that point on, you, you are accountable, right? Mm. Yeah. So you your sins are washed away um, if you're eight, which is if you're raised in the church, um, your sins are washed away at eight, and then you become accountable.
1: Yeah, and you're obviously you become accountable to God for your actions from then on as a believer. And uh I wouldn't say that's too dissimilar um from, from Christianity. I think the big difference though is what results in it, which obviously we've talked about this before, but in Mormonism it it results in quite a a works focused type of uh religion where you're um there's a bit of a cat and mouse like sin, repent, sin, repent, sin, repent, and you just constantly are trying to gain standing with God. But um, we, we, I'm sure we can get into that. But but yeah, doctrinally, it's it's obviously a big difference because for the the Mormon church, when you're baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you are cleansed from sin and uh, from then on
0: are, yeah, are accountable. Okay, so if your sins are washed away at baptism— do you have to get, as a Mormon, do you have to get baptized again if you sin really bad?
1: That's a really good question. <laughs> so you, you're not obviously supposed to get baptized again, although they do baptisms for the dead in the temple, which we can talk about mm-hmm. uh, again. But um, but they do what's called the sacrament, which is kind of like communion in the Christian community. Mm. So, so they do what's called the sacrament. They partake of... Um, bread and water. So it's different from the unleavened bread and, you know, like grape juice or wine. And, and so when they, when they take the sacrament, Mormons believe that they are renewing their baptismal covenants and that they are being washed or cleansed from sin again when they take the sacrament. So they'll take the sacrament every week and you're, and, and the belief is every week you are being cleansed from sin and renewing your promise to be to take Jesus' name on, upon you, and to always have the Spirit with you if you obey the commandments, basically.
0: Okay, let's get to some some language here for a second, because this is probably helpful for people to hear. So I heard you say two different words. I heard you say a saving ordinance. Baptism is a... Sa- did you, is that what you call it? A saving ordinance. And then what we would call communion, the Mor- Mormons call the sacrament, the sacrament. So so here's the, here's the, the word sacrament is a word that we don't use at at Alpine, or churches like, a lot of churches like ours would rather use the word ordinance. We believe that there are two ordinances, the ordinance of of communion, which you would call the sacrament, and the ordinance of baptism, that those are the two ordinances. Now, here's the difference between those two words. Sacrament technically means a thing that makes you holy. And so for Mormons to use the word sacrament is fitting because that is they're saying that the act of the thing there's something there's something in the work of taking communion that makes you holy there's something most most churches that are that believe these kinds of things would call baptism a sacrament as well so they'd say there are two sacraments baptism and communion some some like the catholic church would call those sacraments because they believe similarly to mormons that there's something about that act that makes you holy christians we use the word ordinance because we we do it be, not because it makes us holy. We don't get baptized as if the work makes you holy. We don't take communion as if taking the elements make you holy. We do it because Jesus said to. So that's why we call it an ordinance, because it was something that he commanded, he ordered. And so we want to be obedient to it. We're going to get to that. It's It's really about obedience. It's not about doing some things, kind of keeping a checklist to save you. And I think it's important for our listeners with Mormon background to really understand the difference. And and Bo, maybe you can help explain that a little bit better, but what you guys did today did not add to your salvation at all. It didn't, it didn't cleanse your sins. It wasn't the magic. It wasn't the easy button. It wasn't the magic bullet. It was not, it was, as we're going to talk about today it was just something you did out of obedience to Jesus still important still special Jesus says to do it but it really means something very different than i think what it means in the mormon church you want to kind of add to that bo and help help our listeners understand that and, and you're spot on
1: brian like for for a mormon it is a saving ordinance and then and then yeah the, the sacrament is a cleansing experience every week so um but I think that the big difference here is, yeah, we, you know, uh, I don't know that the Bible teaches that baptism is what saves you, right? I am pretty sure the Bible is very clear about what saves you and that is faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And, and that in that moment, uh, you are saved. I mean, I think of the thief on the cross, like that is a great example of someone who didn't have a chance to get baptized and was saved because he put his faith and trust in Christ. And and, and so for, for baptism, and, and you know what why get baptized if if we've already been saved? It's it's because Jesus commanded it and, and Jesus set the example. To, to be baptized. Now, did Jesus need to be baptized? No, but to fulfill all righteousness, right? He, he, he was baptized, and for us to follow in his footsteps, baptism is important, but it's also an important symbol. Um, it, it represents something uh, incredibly important, which is, look, we, we just put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and we are supposed to now walk in a newness of life. We're supposed to to essentially bury our sinful nature, and be born again, right? And and, and so I think the sim, the symbolism of baptism is just so beautiful and it I, in my mind I think it summarizes exactly what uh, what Christ wants us to do, right? Which is to um, to become a new creation, to be born again and to to walk in a newness of life. And so the symbol of baptism I think is was something that I felt important to to be a part of because having gone through, you know, this last year where we, we received salvation, where we came to faith, like we, we just knew that, uh, after coming to faith that we, we needed to get baptized because we, we wanted, we wanted to outwardly express, uh, the, the change that happened inside of us.
0: All right. We're going to get into all that here in just a second, but maybe Bo, it'd be good for us to pause and kind of zoom out and talk about this in the context of the pursuit Right. We're yeah. we're at week seven in the pursuit. So the first three weeks were introductory about who God is, his heart for people, and why the Bible is reliable. We talked in the last few lessons, lessons four, five, and six, or if, if if people think about the circle, you know, the three the three arrow circle, what you know, this this picture of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. There are three things we've been talking about in this in this series. If we're talking about biblical Christianity, number one is is how to start a relationship with God. That's what we just got done explaining. You start a relationship with God by trusting Jesus. That's it. So we talked about that last, last time in lesson six. We talked about who Jesus is and, and our sin problem. We talked about all those things. That's the first arrow in a pursuit of God, in a three-arrow pursuit of God. Today, we're starting the second arrow. We're starting, we're going to explain how, what it means to honor God with your life. But that distinction is really important. If you think about it in sort of in phases or in stages, stage one is all God's work. It is all God's work. It is is 100% Jesus. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. It's all God's work. And so that's the first arrow. We start a relationship with God by trusting Jesus. Today and next week and and in the following week after that, we're going to be talking about, okay, then what are, like, how should I live my life? Second Corinthians 5.17 says this, that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So today we start talking about the new life. What does the new life look like? In fact, when we baptize people, usually we, as we dunk them in the water, we say buried with Christ. And then as we bring them out, we say, and raised to walk in newness of life. And that's really the picture that we're trying to paint. With baptism, but I want to make sure that everyone everyone hears this from the outset. Baptism doesn't save you. If baptism saved you, if baptism was necessary for your salvation, then we would have talked about baptism last week. Because last week is where we talked about how to be right with God. But you're right, you're made right with God by trusting Jesus, right? Romans KD, I'll let you read this because I know you love this is one of your favorite verses. Romans 3.22, we talked about this last week, but maybe you can read that for us, because I, I want to start, before we even get into the baptism stuff, I want to make sure that our listeners understand baptism doesn't save you. This verse will remind us how salvation works.
2: Yeah, so three uh, Romans 3.22 says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are.
0: So for you two, that happened, what, three, four, five months ago, something like that. The, the, the moment you prayed that prayer from topic six, when you trusted Jesus for salvation, you acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you, you are going to go God's way. That's when you were saved. That's when you're, to, to explain it to a Mormon, that's when your sins were washed away. Your sins weren't washed away this morning when you went into the water. Your sins were washed away the moment you placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You were saved the moment you placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You were, you became sons and daughters of God the moment you placed your faith in Jesus Christ. Today's today's baptism didn't add one thing to that. And I,
1: I think I would also add for our, you know, listeners with a Mormon background, it it isn't like, you know, in that moment when we were saved and our sins were washed away, you know, when we accepted the the Savior and, and the Holy Spirit became, you know, dwelled in us. It, it it's not like the the spirit then leaves a week later when I commit my first sin after that, you know? And then I've got to, and then I've got to go take the sacrament and and fill the spirit again. And then like it's not this constant cat and mouse game with with the Holy Spirit. That that's not what the Bible teaches. And I I just want to be clear about that because in 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 Mormonism and, and growing up this way, there's just there's this, I'm trying to be trying to be careful here, obviously I I don't want to offend anybody, but that there is this, uh, a bit of a guilty conscience type complex that builds up because, because to to Mormons baptism is, okay, that's the moment when your sins are washed away, but now you're, you're accountable for what happens from here. And, and you will lose the spirit if you, if you sin and you'll, you'll, you know, so anyway, we don't have to kind of go down that rabbit hole, but I do think it's, it's important to call out.
0: No, that's good. In fact, yeah, I think it's good to say this even right now is, okay, so then when does someone get the Holy Spirit? So you, the way you just described it is you get baptized on a Saturday and then you get prayed for on a Sunday and that's when you receive the Holy Spirit. So let me tell you what the Bible says about it. It, it comes from Ephesians chapter one. It's so clear. It's so clear. Ephesians chapter one, verse 13, it says this, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. That's what it says. And when you believed in Christ, it's not about when you got baptized. It's not about the day after you got baptized. It's not about it's not about some priesthood authority laying hands on you to confer this upon you. Paul doesn't say any of that in Ephesians 1.13. He just, you see how simple this is? It's all about faith. That when you trusted Jesus for salvation, in that moment, you received the Holy Spirit. That's what this verse is. I want to read it again so people don't think I'm making this up. It's right there. I think it's in Mormon Bibles too, right? Because the Mormon Bible is a King James Version. So I don't know if Joseph Smith, if there's a footnote about this that explains this away, but this is what the Bible teaches. When you believed in Christ, he identified you as, own, as, you, he identified you as his own by giving you his Holy Spirit. That's it. So, so today was a special day for you, but it's, it wasn't a special day as what happened when you put your faith in Christ.
2: Right, exactly. And when in that moment, when we put our faith in Christ, we became new creatures, right? We were, we were dead before. So we were born again in that moment, kind of like what we talked about last week. And we become a new creation. So there is no leaving of that spirit. The spirit of God dwells in us from that point on. And we will, of course, sin. We are human. We will have our human nature still with us, but we will have a new nature living within us that will help us kind of override that human nature sometimes. I mean, sometimes we might mess up and that's okay. But, you know, I I think that's really important to drive that point home because I know I've had some friends with a Mormon background who even after you know, reading the Bible still didn't understand this point. Mm. This is really important that we become a new creation. We become part of Christ's body, right? We become, yeah, we were born again.
0: Yeah, that's good. Okay. So then, so some people could say, okay, then why get baptized? Then why even do, it? if it's not really that big of a deal? Well, we've got a few reasons because it, it is still a big deal. It's just not, it shouldn't be It shouldn't be elevated to the level of a saving work. It's not a sacrament. It's an ordinance. It's something that Jesus said to do. That's the main reason we do it. Matthew 28, 19, where he was getting ready. The resurrected Christ was giving his disciples his final pep talk, and he said, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's why we do it, because Jesus said to do it. These were his marching orders. He's our commander-in-chief. He's our... He's our—he's the head of the church. He said we should do it, and so that's why for two thousand years, Christian churches everywhere have done baptism. When somebody comes to faith in Christ, they get baptized because Jesus said that's how it should work. We do it to be obedient. If, you know, if if your dad said go take out the garbage, you're going to take out the garbage, right? It doesn't make you a child of your father for you to go to be obedient to him. You're obedient to him because you are a child. So we become children of God when we put our faith in him. And then what we want to do, like I read in Second in Corinthians 5.17, that we want, to, we want to live this new life. Another passage says, I want to find out what pleases God and do it. Like, that's my new desire. I want to, I want to find out what pleases God and do it. I'm not going to do it to, to, to earn my salvation, things like baptism. I'm going to do it because I have a relationship with God and I want to please him. I want to honor him with my life. That's why we do it, to be obedient.
1: There's such uh it's just such a special moment to express outwardly, you know, this, this inward change that's occurred. I think, uh, I think it's good for the, the Christian community, right? Like I love, I love Baptism Sunday. I love celebrating uh, baptisms in the congregation. I think it's a, it's, it's an awesome experience um, and 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 you're right, look, Jesus said to get baptized, uh, and and it's the main reason we should do it, uh, you know, as
0: believers. Okay, so here's the next reason, and I, I love explaining it like this to people. Baptism is an early act of practical obedience. It's actually one of the easier commands. There's a lot of things, as followers of Jesus, there's a lot of things as we follow him that we learn he wants us to do. Baptism is one of the first things you get to learn. I mean, think about it you guys went through topic 6 last week's topic a few months ago and one week later we were already talking about baptism and you were already beginning to think about baptism and and it wasn't a question of whether you were going to do it because you wanted to be obedient to to God it was just a matter of when you were going to do it and and you did it today was the day and that's awesome and so it it's just one of those it's one of those i don't know this kind of is good a good parenting rule is if you want to get your kids to be obedient like Give them, set the bar low at first. Make it easy for them. Let them get some wins. Let them get some wins, and pretty soon they're exercising that obedience muscle more and more and more. And so that's a good practical way to think about this. Jesus said, "Get baptized." I'm going to do it. All right, that means I'm going to have to get a little bit of wet. It, it's, you know, maybe I don't like I don't like to get wet in front of people. I don't I don't like to be in front of people, but but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and take a step of faith, and I'm going to I'm going to follow God in practical obedience to this simple thing and then a month later two months later maybe god's going to i'm going to learn something else that jesus wants for me that might be a little bit harder to do but i want to i want to be i want to continue to be obedient i want to continue to walk in obedience because he's my lord now he's not just my savior jesus is my lord and we have this verse in acts chapter 8 this is where philip is um is sharing the gospel with this Ethiopian eunuch. And and he shares the gospel. The, the guy comes to faith in Jesus. And, and he says, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? I, I think that's just so cool. Like the the heart of obedience that this guy had right away that he wanted. He's like, tell me what's next. And I'm going to do it. And I know that's been your heart. I hope that's the heart of the people who are listening. This is what the journey with Jesus is all about. It's about saying, you're the Lord of my life now, I'm not. And so I want to find out what pleases you and I want to do it. But what's that? You said you want me to be baptized in water? Great. Sign me up. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I love
1: this passage. I, I think, uh, I remember, so I remember, you know, coming to faith and thinking to myself, well, hang on, I've already been baptized as a, as a member of the LAS church, but the very next week we talked about baptism and, and it was, uh, I, I felt very similarly. I, I just remember thinking, "Well, yeah, of course. Like, I, yeah, yeah, of course, I'll get baptized. Like, that is absolutely what what I'll do next. I, I you know, I believe um, that that's what Jesus wants me to do, and I believe that it's a beautiful symbolic gesture of what of what has just taken place in my life, and 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 I would love to share that with with other people. So that that for me is is what baptism is and and um and, and so yeah you know what Brian had there been you know a baptismal font full the, the day we talked about it maybe we would have just done mm-hmm. it right then and there but um but yeah so grateful that that we had a chance to do that today
0: and i think for you guys coming out of mormonism i was interested to see your response to this topic because baptism is such a big deal to mormons so i think I think this is probably a harder topic for people coming out of Mormonism than say just someone coming out of an agnostic family or an atheistic family, because they a lot of those kinds of people have never been baptized. They're like, "That's fine. It doesn't." Maybe even for their parents, it might it might not even be as big of a deal as it was for you. I was I was really glad as you guys were that your parents came to your baptism, but they're LDS, and I knew that that'd be ha- really hard for them to. It's be- because of what it means to them. And I know they're still processing that. I'm sure that they were a little bit torn and probably our listeners are thinking the same thing for their family members who are, who are, you know, LDS still. And and, and one of the questions maybe you can address is like, how do you, how did you approach this subject with your parents, knowing that this would be kind of like, uh, like, and maybe this would make it feel more, more. Irreversible? I don't know thought that if that's even the right word. Yeah, you no,
1: know, that I think that's the right word. I think you know, I, I think it's probably it's. I would say it is public evidence of becoming a Christian, and which in turn means leaving the LDS Church. Uh, and 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 look, we've talked about our, our Mormons Christian. We've we've had that conversation before, so I'll leave it there. But. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think that's why we got questions like, well, are you joining that church? Are you becoming a member? Like, what does this mean? What are the commitments that are involved here? Like, I think that's why we got all those questions was because it was like, yeah, I think I think it was a bit of a realization, uh, which again I think is one of the reasons Christ wants us to be baptized is because it is a public, you know, it, oh, that's actually our next our next point here. It's a public act of identification, um, both with. Christ, and uh, as well as as his church, and and so what we explained to to our parents was that no, we're not becoming a member of Alpine Church, right? We we're we are becoming a member of Christ Church. We're becoming Christian, and. Uh, and, and we became Christian when we when we came to faith. So so like this baptism isn't giving us membership into God's kingdom. it's not giving us membership into God's church, but it's an it's an, an, an act of identification. I, I think is, is probably the best way that we described it. But I think you're right, Brian, that that was I, I'm sure it was, and probably still is a moment where they they've kind of realized, okay, this is different and they are committed to it
0: now. And I remember when you guys, when we talked about topic seven with you two, Bo, I remember specifically that you said that. You said, oh, absolutely, we're gonna get baptized because you because you had to communicate that to your kids, to your parents, to your family, to your former ward friends. It's It's not something to shy, it's actually not something to shy away from it's something to embrace and i'm proud of you too for embracing that and in seeing the importance of this that being obedient to jesus actually was a sacrifice for you guys i guess you could say that it was a harder decision to make again than just an, an agnostic coming to faith where it doesn't really mean anything that much to their family their family probably would be like oh whatever oh, whatever yeah whatever that means i don't know but for a mormon like it means something it doesn't just it doesn't just mean something for you guys as a Christian, but it really means something even more actually probably even more, not biblical, but even more. It's a bigger deal for a Mormon, as we've mentioned. And so that I think it probably would cause our listeners a little bit of pause. Like, I don't know if I want to do it. I'm nervous to think about doing that and, and what it would mean, but it is an act of identification. And the Christian church is different than the Mormon church. I mean if people have been listening to our podcast they know that that's true. You know, if you guys if you guys started attending another Christian church, you you would just start going to that church. Nobody would say you should get baptized now into this new church because we would be teaching the same things that that church teaches. The reason that we would say to a Mormon that you if you've come to faith in Christ that you should get rebaptized, you should get baptized into a Christian church is because they're different churches.
2: Right. I I remember when I was, you know, wanting to be baptized and I was very nervous to approach this topic with my mom and I was thinking about it. And I just remember thinking, well, my, if I had started out Christian and was converting to Mormonism, my Christian baptism wouldn't count. I would need to be baptized into the Mormon church. So, I mean, obviously i wouldn't recommend doing that. But so flipping that around, it my Mormon baptism meant something very different. And this new baptism was, you know, it is a public showing of my new faith in a different Jesus. That's really what it is in the biblical Jesus. And um when I did approach this topic with my mom and I, you know, it we I eased her into it a little bit, I explained to her what I believe and then the next time I saw her, I said, we're going to get baptized. Would you come? And she said, yes. And, you know, people will have questions. And I just encourage those with Mormon backgrounds who are, who, you know, have come to faith and are looking to get baptized. I really encourage you to be open and speak with your family. There is going to be pushback. There will be questions, but, um, it's worth it. 100%.
0: Yeah. So it's, It's an act of identification, Bo, as you said, with the church, kind of capital C Church. And when we we say capital C Church, we don't mean our church, Alpine Church. We say the church is is every believer around the world throughout history who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. Anyone who's trusted in the Jesus of the Bible for salvation, because since that's how you get saved, go back to last week's lesson. Anyone who's ever done that, you're a part of the capital C church. It's not just like one true church in the sense that you know the Baptists are right or the Methodists are right or all the non-denominational Evangel. No, when we say that, we're talking about just all believers everywhere. It's a we have a we serve a big God, and there are there are lots of people who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. So you're identifying with that church, not with Alpine Church, but you're also identifying with Christ. Paul said in Romans six three or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism we joined him in his death and so so it's it's connecting to the church but it's also even more importantly and this is really all connected anyway it's connecting to to Jesus it because it's a symbol and this is really the last point it's a symbol it's an outward symbol of an inward reality the reason we do baptism the reason the early church immersed the word baptism in greek is actually immerse to be immersed that's why we don't sprinkle even though it would be a lot easier but but we immerse because that that's how the early christians did it number 1 and number 2 because it's a symbol of christ's death and resurrection that when you went down into the water this morning and you know i Bo, I held you under just a little bit longer than I held KD under. But, but you, when you <laughs> went down that. into the water, right. you were, you were, it was like you were joining Jesus in his death. It was like you were saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die like Jesus died. I'm going to die to my old self, to the old me. And then coming up out of the water was a symbol. Again, it was a symbol of something that had already happened months ago for you. But it was a, a visual symbol. It was a cool symbol for people to see coming up to this new life and, and Paul said in, in Romans 6:4 he said, "For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And that's the idea. you know you guys started living those new lives a few week, few months ago, but today today's action was was a symbol of that. It was an outward symbol of something that already happened on the inside.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's for for some of the friends that came for for some of the Mormons that we invited uh, and there were plenty of Mormons that came It was awesome. Right. I, I think a lot of them had questions around what it actually meant, but it was awesome to have their support like they, they didn't fully understand it. Uh, but but they were there to support and that and that's i I think one of the things that's beautiful about the outward symbol of an inward reality is that people are able to join in the celebration of the of what that outward symbol means and you know hopefully um it's our hope that we get to continue to share the gospel with these people and continue to um to help them come to know the you know the biblical Jesus and really understand what the inward reality actually is that that um that God lives in us and and that uh, that all anyone needs to do is not repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost, endure the end, go to the temple. You know, it's not that, that big checklist. It's they need to put their faith in Christ. And when they put their faith in Christ, that's when the change occurs. The baptism isn't, you know, it isn't the saving ordinance that that gets you into heaven. It's it's the symbol of that, that change. And I, and I, we, we did our best to explain that to, to our friends and family that came. We probably have more explaining to do, but I think, uh, I think it was awesome to have, you know, their support. And, and for, for the most part, their understanding.
2: I really loved that it was, it's a public, it's a public thing, right? So I think in a moment you are saved, right? When you put your faith in Jesus Christ and that's can be really private, but then when you get baptized, it's very public, and one thing that I I loved was having our LDS friends and family there. But another thing is that I really hope that the Christians in our congregation can, could feel how grateful we are to everybody for you know loving us and helping us and 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 inviting us and making us feel welcome, and then also to celebrate with us. And to, and to show other Christians that God is at work among us, right? God is at work among people with LDS background, among among the Mormons. And, and I think for me, if you had told me that I would be baptized at 34 as a Christian, when I was younger, I would be like, you're crazy. I'm always going to be Mormon. I'm sticking to this, you know? And... And that just, I hope Christians can see that God has a heart for our LDS friends and family. And God is, he is moving in big ways. And for for so many people, I, I just hope that this gives all of us hope and reasons to praise.
1: Yeah, so many of us have LDS neighbors, LDS friends, and uh, obviously we should love them. We should uh we should care for them and we should share the gospel with them uh t- 10 years ago i was teaching seminary for the lds church as my profession right and 10 years later i was baptized in uh in an evangelical christian church with drums and electric guitars singing praises to god like that's wild <laughs> um to think about and and I'm just so grateful, and 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 praise be, praise to God for it. I, I just, uh, it's awesome to think that, like like you said, Katie, it's awesome to think that that God is doing His great work, and and that we uh we can all be instruments in His hands. And so, uh, for for anyone that you know you, you've you've had LDS friends or family members or neighbors for years, and it feels like they'll never quite get it. Like they'll never quite understand that the, the truth about who Jesus is, about what is taught in the Bible compared to what's taught in Mormonism, because it is different. Like we've talked about, uh, I, I would, I would just echo what, what Katie said there. Uh, God is behind it and, uh, and he'll, he'll help those come to faith. And, and so our, our job is not to decide who is and who isn't going to come to faith. Our job is to share the gospel with them.
0: Hey listeners, Pastor Brian here. If you're enjoying our podcast, would you consider becoming a donor? Our goal is that these podcasts would reach the largest audience possible. So obviously it takes money to create good podcasts, but more than that, we want to make sure to market this to the whole nation and even to the world. That's where your donation comes in. So would you consider becoming a monthly donor? And to do it, just visit PursueGod.org